Excellence is what's available to all, but it's only accepted by few. Why? Because excellent beams its spotlight on the internal spirit. It beams its spotlight on the real you and the real me. When people look at me, how do you do that, Jesus? Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I want to get you out here in, in good time. You say, Pastor, what's that mean? That all depends on how often uh, Hensley says, take your time, take your time. That's one of the things about, you know, I was watching something on Facebook or something the other day and, and it had this. I don't have this little thing, uh, you know, it was, had a face of somebody exciting, excited and says, how you feel when the pastor says he's closing. And then there's another face that comes up with a little bit of irritation. How you feel when somebody says, pastor, take your time. (laughs) I think most of us need to pick up after Hensley and, and start saying, take your time, preach it. You know, saying preach it to a preacher is like saying stick them to a dog. So in this world, we're, we're, in, we're in part five of this series that we've been on a journey of hope. I pray this has been a, a, a great growing journey for you because that's why we do what we do at Victorious Life is to grow people. And I want to make a statement here. Tonight's, or today's message is we are called to his glory and excellence in this world, now I want you to hear this statement. It's not in your notes, but I want you to listen to it. In this world, everyone, and I say that without reservation, everyone is trying to be like someone. Everyone is trying to be like someone. But do you know why? Because they don't realize that they themselves can be someone. See, God created us an original. None of us have the reason to die a copy. We don't have to be like someone. We can be exactly what God has called us to be. That's the whole of what this message is going to talk about over the next few minutes. So if I could share with you, on the screen is a statement, excellence means I will not conform to everyone else. God has called us to his glory and his excellence. He's called us to reach towards the call of God in Christ Jesus. This is something that many desire. But folks, it will take the commitment to pay the price to achieve. But sadly, in the world we live, status quo, good enough has become the mantra just to get by. Not to achieve. There's even people that do all kinds of things. They study all kinds of events. They go to all kinds of schools and all kinds of colleges and wind up at the end of the day just getting by. Christians are called to His glory and His excellence. This is what God has called us to. See, the world is full of followers because it costs so much to lead. But this is where you and I come in as Christians. What? People are looking for someone to follow. Did you know on your job, 
If they have a hint that you're a Christian, I guarantee, oh, they may mock it, they may laugh at it, they may ridicule it, but they're hoping in their heart of hearts that what you have is really real. Why? Because they know the world doesn't have anything. But they will grasp at something if they can't find nothing. I know that's not good English, but it's good preaching. People are looking. And we need be those that someone wants to follow. We need to be that man, that woman. You say, well, pastor, how, how hard is it to do that? Not hard at all. You just simply do what you say and you say what you do. You see, excellence is no harder than that. It means I excel. And in today's world, to excel doesn't mean you have to step up very far. Why? Because everybody's trying to be like someone. God said, why don't you be like what I created you to be? Philippians chapter 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you. That was in Christ Jesus. He said, I, I, it's not a big thing for me to be equal with God. I am. And if you were created in God's image, guess what? You can rise above Oh, no, not that you're going to become God or not that I'm going to become God, but we can rise above everything else. Can I tell you what mediocrity is? Mediocrity is something... Let me take you to the original, to the original term. Mediocrity is a Latin term. And it comes from those that tried to scale one of the greatest mountains in the world, if not the greatest, Mount Everest. They have a place at 5,900 feet. It's called base camp. Oh, it takes a long time to get to 6,000 feet. But once you get there, a lot of people travel up to base camp. And you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people make base camp every year. But you know what they call base camp? They call base camp mediocrity. Why? Because it's there that everybody makes a decision to trek on or to turn back. Oh, most might go a little ways further. The word mediocrity literally means halfway up a stony mountain. It is interesting, the Latin term, halfway up a stony mountain. It's about those that are climbing the rocks and they're climbing the struggle, they're climbing the, 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 uh, the precipice, if you will, to get to where they're going, and then they get halfway and they say, add too much. The cost is too high. Did you know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little extra? Just that last step that might take you across the line. Just that last moment that might take you from defeat to victory. Mediocrity or excellence as with everything in life, I want you to say this with me, is a choice. It's always a choice. And before anything else, the Bible says that God has called us to Christ's excellence. Jesus never did anything halfway. Scripture speaks of spiritual and moral excellence. It talks about an attitude of excellence. Look at Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power, I'm reading out of the uh, English Standard Version for this passage. His divine power has granted to us all things. Say that with me. All things. Come on, say it with me. All things. For what? That pertain to life and godliness. In other words, every single person in here, God has promised to give you all things necessary to do all things possible. Just like that passage in Philippians. He'll supply all of our need. Because it's very specifically pointed to where you are at that moment. He said, I will give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And then how do you get that? Look what it says here. Through the knowledge of him. Remember what I've talked about the last two weeks? He did it for them. 
He did it for them. He'll do it for us. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not going to do something for one that he is. People say, oh, Pastor, you've got a bat phone to God. you got the same phone. you just got to pick it up once in a while. Make a phone call. Well, I don't know God's number. I know. Pick it up. Pick it up. God, I need your help. You know what God's answer will be? I know you do. I was just hoping you'd get to the place to where you knew you did. See, we've got to come to that understanding. God has to be our source, our, 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 our provision through the knowledge of him. Listen to this. Who called us to his own glory and excellence. That word excellence, when you go into the original Greek, it literally means the courage to go beyond. That's all that excel means. I've got the courage to go to that next step, go to that next direction. Success, listen to this, bases our worth on comparison to others. That's why God doesn't work on success. God works on excellence. Why? Because excellence gauges are valued by measuring us against our own potential. Excellence is what's available to all, but it's only accepted by few. Why? Because excellent beams its spotlight on the internal spirit. It beams its spotlight on the real you and the real me. When people look at me, how do you do that, Jesus? People just, well, you just say that, church people. I say that to any people. Why? Because what's happening in my life, what gets me from point A to point B, Jesus What gets me out of bed in the morning? Jesus. What gets me to bed at night? Jesus. What gets me through the muck and the mire of all the stuff that you and I deal with every single day? Say it with me. Jesus. It's not rocket science. It's just we're all looking for another word. We're all trying to be like somebody else when Jesus said, why don't you just be someone yourself? One amen. We were talking about worship earlier. Did you know every one of you have a gift? Every one of you have talents. Every one of you have abilities and skills. And we give it to the world, but we don't give it to God. We use it in the world, but we don't use it for God. I was listening to Bill and, and Heather speak. And the only tidbit that I would add to that is what I find in Exodus chapter 35 and 36. You know what God is doing? He's building the temple. He's telling Moses, he said, this is how the temple is going to be built. This is what you need to do. And it was so wonderful back then. Moses laid out the restrictions or the, the requirements, excuse me, before God, before the people. And Moses, the Bible says, people were bringing so much he had to tell them, Stop! We got no place to put it. Oh, pastors, wouldn't have been so awesome in the church. Well, you know, that was for then. This is for now. Oh. I'm, I'm learning, pastors. Zip my lip. Folks, Moses said, stop. We got more than enough. Well, yeah, well, people are just giving their leftovers. No, no, look what it says in, in Exodus 35 and 36. You can read it. There was two requirements that God wanted for his temple. The first is that they were willing. No coercing. Man, it's like, it's like you know, beaten. Come on, church, get involved. We need singers. Get involved. We need nursery. Get involved. We need, you know, and, and I, I talked to the people afterwards. How many came to you? Uh, none, Pastor. This is what happens. Because we fail to realize that God don't want us to be like everyone. He wants us to be someone for His glory. He said the first thing He said I want is if they're willing. If they're not willing, I don't want it. The second thing God said 
is that he'd be skilled. God's not just looking for people to sing. He's looking for singers. He's not just looking for people to play. He's looking for musicians. Well, that kind of separates it. No. All it does is says, the gift that I've given you, give it back. I, I came out of the entertainment business many, many, many years ago, and I had a lot of people tell me, oh, you gave up your career. All I did was gave back to God what was rightfully his. I didn't give up anything. And that's all you're doing is you're giving back. And you know what God says? God says, I won't owe anybody anything. I'm going to take it, press it down, shake it together, and I'm going to cause lots of people to give back to you. See, he's not talking about ethereal. He said, I'm going to do it right here in the tangible. Can somebody say amen this morning? See, excellence in your notes is something strongly advocated in Scripture. Not because we can't achieve it, but because we can. What am I saying? Excellence is more about attitude than it is about ability. It is about the decision of a man or a woman's heart that says, God, I'm going to give it all to you. I am going to make a stand. I am going to make you the center of my life. Just like the songs we sang today. I'm going to make you the reason I do what I do. Can somebody say amen? You see, most people are content to be efficient. They just want to get the job done right. There's other people that are desirous to be effective. More than just get the job done right, they want to get the right job done. But let me tell you the difference between all of that and the effective person that God wants you to be, the ones who want to make a difference and striving for excellence, they are ones that are wanting to get the right job done right. They don't have to be told what to do all the time. They just know there's stuff to do. I'm going to find it and I'm going to do it. Once again, we're talking about attitude. When God has called us to his glory and his excellence, he says, the first thing I want you to do is to be willing and I want you to give back to me what I gave to you, those gifts, those callings, those talents, those purposes. Mediocrity only takes you halfway. You see, mediocrity is the fruit of the average. And sadly, in today's world, it is the fruit of the majority. How many of us, don't raise your hand, just do things to get by? We work our 8 to 5 to get our Friday paycheck. We don't go that extra. We don't excel. Can I tell you something? As a Christian, every single person in town should want you on their job force. They should want you. I, I made a statement here a few weeks ago. I said, you got a Christian working for you and they're not doing their job? Fire them. Oh, I got some people irritated at me that day. Why? Whose name are we bringing reproach to? Do you know how many people get hired at times because they are a Christian? We've got Christian employers right here in our church. That have told me over the years, Pastor, I, I love to hire people, but I don't know that I want to hire somebody from the church. It's, it's sad, but it's true. When we should be the best workers out there, we should be the best employees, and if you have people working for you, you should be the best employer. Can you say amen? amen. A few weeks ago, I was taking you through how to develop passion. And I, I, I just made five simple statements that you've got to care more than others think is wise. And you've got to risk more than others think is safe. You've got to dream more than others think is practical. You've got to expect more than others think is possible. But you've got to work more than others think is necessary. You see, this is the life that we have to live to be a people of excellence. Why? Because every job is a self-portrait of who you and I are and who we represent. That's why we have to autograph our work with excellence. Amen. Right. When we first started this church, I was working uh, a full-time job uh, at Chase Bank. And we've got several people that come to our church that used to be my clients when I was at Chase Bank. And the one thing that the management always said is, you come here to work, don't you? Why can't you get the rest of our people to just come here to work? I, because of that, I was, I was the top 
person in the bank year after year. The manager would take me in the office and they'd have a conversation with me and said, what's different about you? You know what my response was? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, you can't say that in the corporate world. That's part of our problem. They want to know what's different about me. I'm going to tell them. And that's what I did. She, and she would talk to me and say, well, what do you, 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 you do? I say, I, I say the person's name. When I clock in at 8 o'clock, you're going to get the very best I have until I clock out at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock or whatever the day was. You see, that's called excellence. And you know what? I don't know that they ever became a Christian, but I had several people whose lives were touched. Why? Because I chose not to be like someone. I chose to be someone. You see, this this is the difference. Folks, we can just go to church. Oh, oh, that pastor, he preached something awesome. I felt so good. (laughs) Did it change your life? Are you different today than you were yesterday? You folks, we don't go to church to feel good. We go to church to grow. I got five amens out of that one. I'm counting. We, we, that's, what we, that's what church, we're, we're, we come to grow. Can I tell you something in your notes? People desire excellence, but so many of them settle for mediocrity. Is our screen not working? We're not changing anything here. We're in bullet number two. So it may be locked up. Okay, we're past all of that. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There. That's where we're at. People desire excellence, but they settle for mediocrity. You know why? They don't have a standard to follow. You know why we're so content on becoming like someone? Because there's no other standards. They're waiting for someone to be someone. You and I are called to set that standard. You and I are called to be of the character that should motivate lives. You see, ethics and integrity are essential if you and I ever hope to attain to the life and the ministry God has called us to be. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Let your light so shine before men that they can see, listen to this, your moral excellence. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. That they can see your moral excellence. You know what that term means? It means your standard before God. Because that's where morals come from. And your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Why? Because of the standards you choose to set. You see, this is called character. This is very simple character. Let me share with you. Character is nothing more or less than the sum total of who we are. There's a statement that I've made for years. We can teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. Can I tell you that the golden rule should be the number one style of practice in your life and mine. This is the essence of excellence. Pastor, what is the golden rule? Do unto others as they... Oh, I started to use our golden rule. Do unto others as they do unto you. No, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Look at Philippians chapter 4. This kind of is it in a small picture. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And he's coming up to those, those points. That says, you know, God shall supply all your need. And you can do all things. He's coming up to that stuff. And he's telling you have to understand that God is your source. And God is the one that supplies your needs. But before he gets to those two passages in 13 and 19, look what he says here in 8 and 9. He says, my dear brothers, one final thing. Now you think if Paul makes that statement like that, he's trying to make a point, isn't he? He said, pay attention. There's one 
final thing that I want to bring to you. And look what he says. The thoughts that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And keep putting them into practice. Folks, there is only one you. And there's only one you that has the gifts that you have. There's only one you that has the talents and the abilities that you have. Oh, there's lots of people that have the gifts, the talents, abilities that you have. But there's only one you that has them. And God wants you to decide to develop your own style. Why? Because excellence demands that you just keep bettering yourself. Not that you be better than someone else, but that you keep bettering yourself. It is not about becoming like someone else. It is about becoming like you. It is about becoming like the one you are supposed to emulate, which is Jesus Christ. The world wants someone to emulate. They want someone to be like. And you and I are called to be like Jesus. And therefore, follow. they can follow you as you follow Christ. Amen. It was funny. We, we spent a couple days away. And, and everywhere we were going, we see these people wearing sports things. Sports shirts. I mean, football's back in, into play. Is it football? Is it football? Sorry, I'm not a big sports guy. So that's why you probably don't hear lots of stories about sports because I'm not a big sports guy. But, I mean, they have, they have, you know, this guy's name on the back and this guy's name on the back and this guy's name on the back. And, and maybe there's a girl, this girl's name on the back. I don't have a clue who basically any of them are. I know who Roger Starback was and, and I remember who Joe Montana was and, and, uh, That's probably the limit of my knowing of who they are. But, but anyway, I don't know lots of them. But they're all, they're all espousing the one they admire, the one they recognize. You know what I didn't see? Very many shirts that had Jesus written across them. I am, Hensley. I am. We must always be purposed in excellence. The little things are what make the big things easier. In, in 1988, they had an incredible movie. The movie was called Stand and Deliver. Anybody remember the movie? It was a true story about a high school in, uh, oh, in California. I, I wrote the name down of someplace in, in East L.A., Garfield High School in California. This man by the name of, uh, uh, of Jaime Escalante, he was given the worst of the worst. I mean, these guys, these guys couldn't, you know, couldn't pass each other in the class without being an irritation. And in the movie Stand and Deliver, he took, he, he was a computer technician and teacher who took a high school in the barrio of East Los Angeles and taught students that nobody else wanted to bother with and gave up on them. And they had nearly given up on themselves. And he took 18 young students struggling with fractions and long division and took them to the honors level of calculus. He challenged them. Listen to this. He challenged them. Listen to this. He challenged them. Listen to this. He challenged them. You see, it's kind of like a preacher. A pastor, you know what a pastor is supposed to do? He's supposed to challenge his church. He's supposed to challenge the people that he's preaching to. He's supposed to challenge the people in God's word. This is what God's word tells us the pastors are supposed to do. But the problem is we've got a world full of pastors that don't do that. God wants to challenge us to excellence. He wants to challenge us to growth. He challenged uh, uh, Jaime uh, Escalante, challenged him to strive for excellence. And you know what they did? Because they saw somebody cared about him, because they saw somebody wouldn't give up on him. They saw that he was like a Jim Deaver, that the guy just wouldn't leave me alone. He responded. These students responded. And these chronic underachievers became outstanding students. How? How? Because there was somebody committed.
to take them where they'd never gone, that they could do what they'd never done, that they could be what they'd never become. He helped them believe in themselves. Why? Because he was willing to go beyond himself and believe in the unbelievable. He was able to see the possibilities in the impossible. And he challenged and called out the best that was in them. Ladies and gentlemen, if we as Christians won't help them change, who will? If we won't go out of the way, if we won't be uncomfortable and sometimes step in their way, who's going to? Who's going to help those people you work alongside with? Who's going to help that mom and dad of yours or that son and daughter of yours or that family? Can I tell you, when people tell me that somebody's dying or somebody looks like they might not make it, you know my very first thing is not to pray for their healing to find out their eternal salvation is is clear. That's my first thing. Are they saved? Well, I think they are. Well, it's time for you to know they are. Because they may not have another time. Could you imagine, Jim Deaver, if, 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 if Vince would have said, well, you know, you know, maybe next time. He didn't have a next time. I don't have a next time. If we don't, who will? If all you come to church for is for me to tickle your ears or make you feel good or put on a, you know, a... a, a yeah, a show. <laughs> I knew what I was looking for. It just wouldn't come out. What difference am I making? Oh, you feel good when you leave. Great. Can I tell you something? Hell's going to be lined with people that feel good. Thank you. If we won't help them change. How can we expect him to? You see, God has called us to his glory and excellence. Well, you say, show me in the Bible where people did that. I will. One place that was every place. His name was Jesus. He never didn't stir people up. He never didn't challenge people. I remember reading a story one time about this young man in the army of Alexander the Great and the mighty leader asked the soldier for his name because he was very shoddy in appearance and poorly dressed and and he did not take care of himself very well. And the unimpressive soldier responded to the great commander and said, Sir, my name is Alexander. To which Alexander the Great then commanded, change your name or change your ways. Can I... Christian, if you're not, change your name, change your ways. Folks, it's his name that's being drugged into the mud, and they're going to hell because of it. Why? Because, oh, if that's the way Christians are, they're no different than me. What do I have to do? You see, God has called us to glory and excellence. Why are so many churches and so many Christians trying to become more like the world around them? Oh, I understand the terminology, you know, to be all things to all people that by all means. The problem is God didn't tell you to become like them. He said to become like him, that they could see him in you to reach them. The problem when we do that, when we take the church and we Make it become like the world. Can I tell you the problem? The world knows deep down in their heart they need to change. But they feel little need when the church so willingly adapts to them. You see, we're supposed to have what the world wants, not want what the world has. Let me wrap this up this morning. There's a lot more in your notes and you can take and look at it. See, this journey that we're on, it really is a journey of hope for those who are on it. But what about those that aren't? 
What about those that aren't? I have people that invite me out to different things and, and different places, and I don't warn them. Maybe I should warn them. <laughs> because I'm going to act there just like I do at church. Can I tell you something about this beautiful lady who I have the privilege to call my wife? Could you imagine if I acted different at home than I do at church? She wouldn't be having it. I'd be preaching along and all of a sudden she'd stand up and say, he's a liar. If you know my wife, you know she wouldn't mix bones about it. If I was one thing at home and another thing at the church, well, why would I be anything different where you are? You know, if I, if I go out to eat at a restaurant for you and you ask me to pray, it may be loud enough for the restaurant to hear. But it's supposed to be private at your table. That's not what my Bible says. See, God's called us to His glory. And excellence. You mean Jesus was like that? I, you know, I kind of think, you know, he walked into the temple and they turned it into a den of thieves and he says, supposed to be a house of prayer. How was Jesus in the church? He was a little loud, wasn't he? When he preached in the synagogue, which the Bible says he did, he didn't ask them, well, you know, maybe I need to change this. That might be offensive. So I guess I should, eh, I won't touch on that one because, you know, people get a little, they get a little tender right now. And so, you know, no, he just said, the Spirit of God's upon me. Amen. See, that's, I'm not telling you to get up on your desk and start preaching, but I am telling you that we need to be somebody that somebody wants to eliminate. Or, uh, eliminate. <laughs> <laughs> they might want to eliminate us, okay? <laughs> emulate. It was close. Emulate, emulate. Yeah, it was close, okay? <laughs> okay, let's bow our heads now. I'm just, I lost the whole sermon right there. <laughs> What's that? It's called a, a Freudian slip. Is that what that's called? <laughs> you say, Pastor, if you if I did like that in my job, they would want to eliminate me. <laughs> I'm trying to, but I got to get everybody everybody back on track. In your notes, number three, are we content just to get by? Are we content that nobody knows who we are? Are we content? I love hanging around Steve Bergeron. He and I get get together. We just can't shut up about this guy named Jesus. Amen. I mean, we talk that way in front of God and everybody. And it's just, you know, I got another pastor friend in, my, in town that he's got one of those loud voices like me. We'll go out to coffee once in a while. And we'll be sitting in the coffee shop and we'll be talking about Jesus. We'll be talking about Jesus' return. We'll be talking about living for God. I don't know. Either people aren't hungry at that time, but the restaurant just kind of starts clearing out. <laughs> but we we want everybody to hear. Yeah. We want everybody. Are we content just to get by? Howard Hendricks, who was a fan of Van Cloburn, asked him once about his learning to be a pianist. And Dr. Hendricks expressed great admiration for Cliburn's remarkable musical abilities. And then he asked him, how much time do you spend practicing? And without a moment's hesitation, Van Cliburn said, I practice eight or nine hours a day. And he went on to note that two of those hours is invested in nothing more than scales and fingering exercises. Just the basics. Can I tell you something? Too many of us as Christians, we forget the basics. And that we're supposed to practice this every single day. You know what he was saying? The price tag of excellence is high. 
The price tag of Christianity is high. If we never desire anything more than we are now, I guarantee you will get what you desire. That's why God tells us we've got to strive for better. You see, people will soon forget how fast you did a job, but they'll long remember how well you did it. Why? Because you're striving for excellence. You're striving to excel. You're not trying to be like someone. You're trying to be someone. And can I tell you something? You are the someone that Jesus Christ died for. Can you say amen this morning? You see, standards of excellence, they're not chiseled in stone. They're always adjusting. They're always uh, graduating. They're always adjusting. And the greatest thing that you and I to do is to always expect ourselves to be better tomorrow than we were today, but to take upon ourselves the responsibility of self-improvement. Can I tell you, when an archer misses the mark, he understands that the target was not at fault? Today, I, I, I'm reading stuff and I'm looking at all these, all these college students that are, that are grabbling for these safe spaces. What the heck are you going to do when you get out into, into the real world and there's nothing safe? You know, if we can't be challenged. And you, 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 I, I watched some professor, once again yesterday, just step down to his job because a bunch of kids you know, got mad at him for, for saying things that offended them. It's beyond me. How are you going to live in the real world? We will never excel in anything if we're not committed to that purpose, that price, that plan, and not allow anything to affect us. Psalm 37, as the worship team comes, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Say that with me. Trust in the Lord and do good. And God says, I will be your safe place. I will cause you to be in a land that prospers. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Can I tell you what that literally says? That, that verse in Psalm chapter 37, literally what it's saying, if the Lord's will becomes your delight, his heart will become your desire. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. To do all that God wants. To be the man, the woman that God's called you to be. Will take a commitment to His glory. And to His excellence. Your life, mine, will be found wanting. If we're not willing to commit ourselves to that. Abraham Lincoln, probably one of the greatest presidents that this nation has ever had, made an interesting statement when he was president. And I want you to hear this because I want this to be your statement and I want this to be mine. He said these words, I do the very best that I know how. I do the very best I can. And I mean to keep doing it until the end. And then he said, if the end brings me out all right, what is said against me won't mount to anything. If the end brings me out all wrong, ten angels swearing that I was right won't make a difference. Folks, your life is a portrait of who you are. On your job, I don't care if they're mocking you. I don't care if they ridicule you. I don't care if they back behind, they, they bite behind your back. What, what, backbite you? That's what I'm thinking. I don't care. Do you know? In their heart of hearts, they're hoping what you have is really real. They want to know. You know when they find out that you go to this church or that church is it a good thing or a bad thing is it a Jesus thing oh you go to that church folks I always want to be that church well you you know you you expect people to grow 
That's because this book I read expects people to grow. You expect people to change. That's because this book I read expects people to change. You expect people to stop sinning. That's because this book I read expects people. I guarantee if you hear it across that pulpit, you'll find it in these pages. Because I'm not trying to win friends and influence people. Nothing against Dale Carnegie fans. I read the book too. It was great. Eat the fish, spit out the bones. You know, it's what you do. But I don't find any bones in this book. In God's word, he said, my word is life to those who find it. God has called me to his glory and his excellence. Why would I be satisfied with anything else? But God has called you to that. Why, why, why go to church just to go to church? I made a statement at Wednesday night class a few weeks ago. You know, before I got saved, I was a sinner. And I was a good sinner. I sinned really good. Why am I doing anything different for Jesus? Why do I hold back from God and give to the world? Why? 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 Everyone in the world is trying to be like someone. It's time to make a decision to be someone. To be the someone that they want to see. Because that someone has Jesus living inside. As we begin to sing this song, I wonder if it would be more than just words but it would be your heart it would be your life and say God starting today September 18th 2016 starting today this is going to be my prayer Jesus be the center of my life my life Jesus be the center of my life from beginning to the end in my life it'll always be because it's always been you Jesus is that your prayer today Jesus be the center of it all everyone Jesus be the center of it all Jesus be the center Jesus be the center of it God, that's all I want. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, but you to be the center of it all. It will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. 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 Nothing else. Right now, as the music softens, let me talk to you. Maybe your life hasn't been this picture of glory and excellence. And you are on this journey of hope. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But there's been so much outside pressure and influence and, and people, well, don't, don't cram that Jesus down me. My goodness, they're cramming everything else down us. Why don't I bring Jesus to them? Well, they might get offended, and you're not. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't stand up, everybody falls down. Everybody falls down. We've got to make a decision. Who is Jesus in our life? Am I determined 
to live a life of glory and excellence. He gave me the ability, according to our text in 2 Peter, all things pertaining to life and godliness He's given us. Maybe you're here in your life and you say, Pastor, that's what I want to be. And I'm going to be. And maybe you want to make a recommitment of sorts to Christ. And you say, God, that's, that's, that's my life. I just want to open these altars. People are already praying. People are already asking. Or maybe you are living that, but you're facing that brick wall, if you will. People are challenging. People are, are, are condemning. People are, are, are critical of you because of Jesus. It's okay. They were critical of him too. You're in good company. And you say, well, Pastor, I need God's grace to stand, to fight, to overcome. These altars are for you. But whatever the case is, the Word of God says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. It's not really a choice, church. Oh, it is a choice. Always has been. But only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. And that's by boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.